0: Good morning, this is Paul Donovan, Chief Economist at UBS Global Wealth Management. It's seven o'clock in the morning London time on Monday the 11th of April. The first round of the French presidential election produced the expected outcome, with French President Macron facing the far-right challenger Le Pen in the second round. The voting was broadly in line with expectations. The result does remove the very small risk of a far-left, far-right choice in the second round. This may not have been especially likely, but any reduction of risk, however small, seems to be welcomed by investors. Opinion polls project a second Macron term, but some polls have shown President Macron's lead to be within the margin of error, meaning that there will doubtless be opportunities for markets to behave in a volatile manner. The rise of anti-establishment politics in France is a reminder that periods of significant economic structural upheaval, like the fourth industrial revolution accelerated by the pandemic, are likely to encourage prejudice politics. Economically, the danger of this is that prejudice politics becomes very economically destructive at a time when having the right person in the right job at the right time is critical to economic success. China's consumer and producer price inflation data for March has been released. The consumer prices rose 1.5% on the year. There is food deflation going on, but less food deflation than in the past. So this has allowed the year-on-year comparison to rise a little. How does China have food deflation when the media are full of doomsday commodity price reports? Because Chinese consumer food prices do not bear much relation to agricultural commodity prices as with many other economies. Producer price inflation slowed to 8.3% on the year. Crude oil and metals prices added to the producer price inflation number, but base effects, i.e. high prices from last year, mean that the year-on-year rate slowed overall. The question is whether the COVID restrictions in place in parts of China dampen domestic demand and exert additional disinflation forces in the local economy in the coming months. Chinese consumer price inflation has no relevance to inflation anywhere else in the world, and producer price inflation is also largely a domestic affair. There is a pontification of US Federal Reserve speakers on the agenda today. Markets are still looking for guidance from the Fed as to where policy is likely to be heading. Unfortunately, there are different nuances in the Fed speak at the moment. While the idea of raising rates is very clearly there, The poor understanding of where the economy is at right now and the tussle between price inflation and growth deflation makes it difficult for there to be a high conviction on some of the key policy objectives. The release of consumer and producer price data this week may help, but only if one looks into the detail and does not get bamboozled by the headlines. The UK has come out with activity data The February monthly GDP was a little stronger than expected. The production data was boosted in year-on-year terms by some sizeable revisions to previous month's data. The United Kingdom is hardly an industrial powerhouse, but it does make some stuff. Overall, the rather messy story is still of strong production supply, as elsewhere in the world. The evidence on global consumer demand for manufactured products continues to point to additional slowing. Freight rates from Asia being the latest indicator of demand normalisation taking place elsewhere, even before the cost of living increases occasioned by the war in Ukraine. That's all for today. Have a good day.